This is Matterall. The following is a program that we record once or twice a week. It's uh, morning news, and we invite guests from all over to talk about what's going on. That's Tuesday and Thursday at 1600. Normally, we don't put these out on podcast, but this was an important one because we have Killaby from Northern Coalition responding to the Sunday show where Sword Dragon and Villy talked about Northern Coalition and how they deserve the pummeling they're getting now. Okay, Ron. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Thanks for showing up uh, in the audience there. Ron, how are the chill streams going, by the way? You know, they're going so much better than I expected. Um, you know, like when I kind of, we were kind of battering around the idea, like me and Artemis, and I was like, oh, you know, we could just do, we could just talk and this and that. And, you know, and neither one of us were like truly convinced, but um, what we found is it, it's a it's a really interesting way to learn about the NullSec life. Uh, you know, it's always in the news, NullSec is, but um, people are so positive, you know, like uh, everyone is so positive and all the other streamers are really positive as well. So, I mean, it's been going a lot better than I ever expected. Yeah. And, and so is there a lot of, um, when you're streaming, is there a lot of, downtime where you're not doing anything you're just kind of looking at something and i imagine you're just corresponding with people who are in chat stuff like that that's like my uh my worst fear man <laughs> tell me about it i get like nervous I, <laughs> like, i'm not this to talk about <laughs> i'm not this chatty in real life either it's just because you know there's that pressure to like keep keep the barrel rolling keep the barrel rolling yeah, it's um, so what I <laughs> so what I did, you know, is because I'm like I'm gonna run out of stuff to say by myself in like ten minutes, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm gonna do. So, what I've been doing, uh, you know, and I actually tried something new. Mm -hmm. So we had a really big fight yesterday, and um, I was trying to think of a way to stream that, and I don't I don't think there's really a way. I think it would either be opsec or I would just get confused trying to answer questions or being interactive as well as listening to the FC. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did is I recorded it. Um, and then 20 minutes after I replayed the fight and I streamed it and I just gave commentary. And I think that worked pretty well. Um, and then I was also able to like fast forward over the uh, boring parts. Yeah. Hey, well, how are we doing guys? Hi Maverick. How are they? Uh, and Prometheus, can you talk again so I can hear how quiet you are? Hey, uh, this good, better, worse? Yeah, let me just turn you up a little bit. It's not, it's not bad. And let me turn Maverick down a little bit and you guys should equal out. Okay. Good. I'll drive by the dials and see where you end up on this, uh, volume mixer, uh, thingy. <laughs> Color thing. Uh, <laughs> I actually came here to ask, like, how do yeah. these big wars happen i haven't been in one in a really long time the last big one i participated in uh culminated with sh1 i i do solo small gang well a lot of dumb stuff so how do big Just wars curious. start is that your yeah like yeah, yeah how how do these big wars start is it like reddit propaganda or um wow that's such a that's such a good question and there's so many ways to answer it but essentially anything can start a war it's usually a personal drive of someone who has enough influence over a group to provide them with a reason. Uh, a lot of times it's actually just people are waiting for something to happen and you seize whatever 
narrative you can find. So in this case, and this is a good example of that, it's been kind of quiet over the winter. There's been a lot of smoldering going on in the south where Ron is, and there's a high sec war that just kind of wrapped up and a little bit of an invasion into uh, Geminate and then later into Melpace, which is drone regions. So there was kind of like skirmishing going on, um, but it was very much a smolder. It wasn't a fire. And at a certain point, you have people in Delve that have uh, a lot of resources and are kind of wanting to get involved in a bigger theatrical type campaign. So they're probably, they were preparing this for the spring uh, or the summer, this invasion. And, uh, and then, so the reason there is you have a lot of bored guys you need to keep busy. But to dress it up, I think uh, uh, Matani made a, a rare appearance and got mad about something and then said, that's the reason we're going to war and it's against these guys and let's go. And so the, the, the thing that he pointed as a narrative was, these guys make fun of us for being botters and clearly uh, this graph that CCP showed uh, shows that we're not botters, they're botters, so let's go and uh, destroy their area. I mean, yeah, I, I got it's very narrative driven, but I mean, you, you mentioned having a lot of bored dudes and all like what's to stop them from like, hey, let's just go take a wormhole and, you know, mess some stuff up or whatever. And, and that's why I think it's a great question is it, it can go very deep. Uh, I don't know why people don't just do things. It takes content. Um, what what CCP calls. Hmm, what do they call them? They can call them power players, but they call them like. Content. Creators. content creators thank you uh it takes people who are like not necessarily unafraid to do something themselves but to take other people with them and risk their stuff too that takes a lot of courage so those kinds of people are a little bit rare so if you find a guy in your corp and he's like hey i got you know i got this thing to do you guys want to do it with me um that guy's already doing something that most guys in nullsec don't do they don't just uh they don't just say, let's initiate something, let's go do something. And I think you need to rest your bigger FCs. Uh, they need time off, they need to get away from the game. They keep up with things, you know, but they're not there um, excursioning into wormholes or that kind of stuff. So you save those guys for the, this kind of a thing. And you, you, you've got to remember, wartime is a long process. You know, people need a rest if you're talking about like months on end of war. You know, you need time to rebuild the war machine before you go back out there again. And your FCs need a break as well. But, you know, it's kind of like a, a fizzy bottle of drink. You know, eventually the top has to come off. There has to be some content thrown out there. And then, you know, it's, it's um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a tiring process. So tell me more about the logistics part, because I've, you know, like, I don't know the background of any of this, like, the, the logistics behind a giant war like that. So, like, what, mm -hmm. what would be involved in that? Like, I, I just read that, you know, the goons dropped a Keepstar out in Tribute or whatever. Yeah, KQK. So, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, sure. What's it take to go to war? Like, what kind of effort does it take? The planning and the uh, logistics? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's exactly. funny you should ask, because up on the screen right now, I have this uh, talkinginstations.com, which has our previous podcasts. And as you can see, on May 20th, we have Logistic Lines of Alliances, episode 11. And that goes into depth, and Ron can talk about it in a second more than I can, about what it takes to do logistics for an alliance. 
Uh, so there's an incredible amount of logistical work that's done ahead of time. And what that means is building your supply lines and building up your supplies. So when you go, you have the things that you need in order to participate in the war. How was that show, Ron? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was great. And I think it also kind of brings to light the the people that are working behind the scenes, right? Because a lot of people kind of forget of it takes because remember that this is a game, right? And and it's fun and it's exciting, but there are so many people and there's so much work behind the scenes, moving things, uh, installing structures, keeping everything secure, you know, refilling liquid ozone on all the jump bridges and all this, that um, you take that and that's kind of like the normal logistics work. And then um, you, you find this kind of content maker that comes to you and says, all right, well, um, we're going to war in three days. So they have to, you know, figure out which way they're going to go. They have to put sinos down. They have to put fuel trucks because there's always that inevitable, you know, 5% or 10% that, you know, are going to get confused or lost somewhere and you need to have a backup plan. So the amount of work um, is, is absolutely massive. And you know, they're taken care of by the Alliance, but it's still, it's it's kind of a passion, right? Um, all of these like little jobs in an Alliance are so, so important, but always, you know, kind of in the back, right? And it, it's kind of different for NullSec, right? Because everything is, is logistics driven in NullSec, everything. It might be one of the things that distinguishes NullSec. Go ahead. I was going to say, can you just go more into depth on that? Like this, this is all like new to me. I've, you know, even in null, I just, you know, PVP and I just roam on my own. Like when I was in test, I would just roam through esoteria or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I like, can you, Ron, maybe you can talk more about it. Like what goes to the, like more in the logistics of it? Yeah, I think the one thing that is different, so you know, because you were like, uh, well, why don't some people just go take a wormhole or something? And and people kind of do. We do roam around, you know, in 10 or 15 or 20 man gangs and we kind of get content. But, you know, in NullSec, we kind of want to play as a, as a team, as a big team. And there's nothing more for me personally, you know, there's nothing more fun than being in a 200 man group. And we're all doing this sort of same thing. It's like, you know, like when you go to war, when you go to big fights, you get to see people that you don't normally see, you know, people that are not in your time zone or miners or, or whatever they do. And it's like, hey, you know, it's like you're kind of going to that front line and like, oh, hey, look, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in months. Like, it's just like a kind of a gathering of friends. So, uh, you know, when you have all the, you know, like, let's say the the war in the north right the logistics from that and we did some napkin math and i don't <laughs> know for sure but some napkin math of around 55 billion in fuel just to move the ships that's and that's a, that's cocktail napkin <laughs> cocktail yeah. napkin not cocktail a picnic napkin, napkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was it's just it's a lot of fun you know and these guys and also remember that a lot of the really big toys people have worked for years to get and it's exciting for them to be able to pull them out right to, to pull out your titan and and go do something and and have some fun so you know there's a lot of uh, really great things you know that come from going to war and it's also great for us to be able to watch it and and stream it and talk about it 
one of the one of the difficulties is to try to figure out at what level do you talk to a player? Uh, do you talk at a more advanced level or do you talk at a more basic level? So it's good, uh, Prometheus, that you said you've you you know where you're at so that we can answer more appropriately because we don't want to talk down to you about well this is what an alliance does uh, when you already know that stuff. But I think one of the things that they talked about on the show was uh, just what it's like to shop for that many people. Like, you know, you have to have a doctrine ship ready. Do you have them all ready? Do you have 300 eagles, for instance? If the FC says, you know what, the eagles aren't working for us, let's switch over to something else, then you're stuck with all that inventory. So there's a lot of management of... um, There's a lot of coordination with FCs on what kind of stuff they want, what kind of stuff they want their players to be in, their fleets to be in. And then there's a lot of timing it just right so that you don't have too much or you don't have too little. Okay. Yeah, but going into a war like this is a big effort. It takes a lot of people just on the support side of things. Um, I mean, you have to think about for every FC, there's uh, you know a few scouts, there's uh, diplomats, uh, there's information coming in from, I wouldn't call them spies, but just forward operating, I guess, scouts. Uh, and then you have logistics, which are a big deal. Uh, then you have um, you have to make sure everything's fueled, like the jump bridges and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think the advantage of Goon Swarm, who's really morphed from um, players that you know appear to be completely irreverent about the game, who liked it but were irreverent about it, uh, turn into a very organized group with very organized officers. And those officers are the ones that are in charge of different parts of it, and they're coordinated and in communication. And that kind of effort seems easy when you have people like that. Whereas other groups seem to constantly fall apart when two or three guys uh, go missing, right? I'm looking at uh, all kinds of all kinds of ones. I won't point any fingers, but they they seem to not have their energy if they don't have their key guys and their key guys rely on support guys and if the support guys are gone then the key guys burn out quicker and it you know it's just a cycle so you need good people around you you need uh willing fcs that aren't burnt out uh, to provide the event and then you need a narrative and that narrative comes from either the fc or the ceo type character can i chime in yeah go ahead yeah Uh, a couple things First of all, uh, on the question of why FCs aren't doing other things or why people aren't like jumping into wormholes or something like that when they're bored, uh, the big answer is is that FCs are FCs because they know what they want to do, right? And and they're often nullsec FCs because they're really good at what they what they want to do. And so, like to me, asking an FC why they're not just also doing stuff like wormholes is kind of like asking why George R. R. Martin isn't you know writing music on the side. Yeah, it's a creative I, effort, but it's a totally so- different. It's a just totally to, different scope. Just to clear it up, I mean, like, use a wormhole to go to a different location, not like... Oh, go we did. Oh, it. that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's did. what I'm saying. Just, like, you know, go scan it down, go to, I don't know, fucking... I mean, we me. scan them down, we go to other places, sometimes yeah, yeah, we yeah. roll them just for convenience sake because we don't want them open, or sometimes we just use them for content if we want to go somewhere else and we know that it leads to, to, to Delve or we know that yeah. it leads to, to somewhere else, you know. We, we, yeah, we'll, 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 you know, we'll take... Interestingly enough, that uh, that was so common at one point that they actually nerfed the amount of wormholes that connect to nullsec space to prevent that from being the go-to strategy. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. I was around for that nerf. And yeah. It was the, other, the other thing yeah, about... The C5 the, highway was real. 
yeah, no kidding. So the other thing about the logistics of things is that you got to understand that your job is to solve all of the problems for your people under you, right? Um, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Uh, Eve Online has a ton of problems already built into it, right? And so your job is to make it so that your guys can go in there and it just feels like everything is just prepared for them um, because it needs to be. And this all goes into the psychology of things, right? So if your dudes show up and you know you don't have ships ready for them, you expect them to have the stuff that they need. Um, you know, there's not in, information for what to do. Your FCs don't know, who, you know, your scouts don't have their proper ships. Things are out of, uh, out of control. Not only does this make that conflict less effective, but it sends a signal to all the people under you that you are not the organization that will have their back and will have things taken care of. And Eve, every, every fight is a voluntary fight. So if you prove to your people that you don't have your shit together, they will go find somebody who does. Um, and, and it goes on and on. There's a lot of this kind of stuff. Prometheus, I want to know more about you, though. What is your gameplay? Uh, so I'm a, right now I'm in Rote Capel, um, mm -hmm. small solo, small gang uh, corp. Kind of merged with the AUTZ version of it. And it's like there's three of us, really. Um, so yeah, basically we just kind of go like, hey, anyone down to Rome? And uh, we're like, all right, let's do it. What do we have? You kind of build a little composition about, you know, like, all right, let's take, uh, I don't know, cheap T1 cruisers or something, right? And we'll build a little small two, three-man comp around that, and we'll just go. Uh, that's wild. Um, Roe Capel is a great corporation known for being really good at uh, small gang. Cool. What's that? I missed that. Uh, what did you say? Somebody said something. What's Roe Capel uh, known for? <laughs> uh, Roe's uh, an aggressively mid-tier solo and small gang PvP corp. Yeah. As I'm sure you've read uh, a lot of the uh, Reddit recruitment posts. But they've been all they've been around since forever ago. Like Ben's been Ben Bully's been playing for a really long time. Uh, recently, I just only recently joined them. Before that, I was in a corporation called Complexity, and it was just like maybe eight dudes just from Australia and Asia, and they like just off time zone dudes. And I was in that for a while. Yeah, Rokapel has been around a very long time. They do well in the tournament as well. I know a couple guys said, you know, Kiki or uh, yeah, yeah. Girard. Yeah, those guys are um, friends or uh, acquaintances. Um, okay. So there you go. Now we can, we can talk about more of what kind of effort it takes to mobilize this many people and, uh, what, what all that really amounts to maybe in a program this Sunday, I want to try to get, uh, Asher from, um, Goon Swarm who's a leader of, he's one of the block or coalition level FCs. I guess block and coalition are the same thing, right? Um, Jay Amazingness is here in chat, so maybe he can uh, type some stuff up. And uh, and yeah, so this war has kicked off. Let's actually catch up on it because we have um, some news, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah. So so last night, um, you know, I was cruising around, and you know, so when you're kind of reporting. You know, you just you don't want 
you don't want to alter the fights, right? You just want to show like the battles. You just kind of want to show, you don't want to like really give intel, you know? So I'd heard that, uh, you know, that the Imperium had dropped a keep start in a very crucial system, right? Which is a system right on a regional gate, uh, which is what you would want, you know, if you're going to move supers, you're going to put a keep start at the beginning of the system and then a keep start at the end. And then you jump from there and then you take regional gates, right? Because it's more fuel efficient and it's quicker. Uh, and it, there's also no, you know, jump timer um, on that. So I had heard that, but then, you know, I, I was like, well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to, you know, uh, just kind of give off because we're very secretive about our keep stars and that kind of thing. So, but then, you know, I also heard that uh, they pinged <laughs> a screenshot of it. And I'm like, well, still not quite enough. But then uh, when I was avoiding it, I was going there and I saw, you know, someone, a red, someone, I forget, I think they were NC or PL or some that was uh, in an Athenor that's actually on grid with the Keepstar looking at it. And I'm like, all right, well, now the cat's out of the bag, so I can uh, show it. But yeah, it's in KQK and uh, it's a, it's going to come out in, you know, 12-ish hours or something like that. And uh, it, the, the big thing about it is that I think, you know, and this is my opinion, you know, that the you know the goons are saying hey you know what we're going to bait out a fight and we're going to bait out the biggest possible fight ever right so you can call them content structures or you know triggers uh, <laughs> yeah or roach motels or whatever you want to call them but <laughs> i'm going to put a structure in your space and you're either going to fight for it or it's going to anchor and if that thing anchors uh, without a fight, then basically that's just uh, giving up tribute, right? So, because that's on the the you know the regional gate two tribute. So, mm -hmm. I I expect a big fight, and it's also early, right? Because you know they did it. I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, without a complete keep star chain. So they're just saying, hey, come out and fight, and if you don't, well, then there we go. Ron, so you mentioned there'd be a large fight. Uh, I posted this in chat, but who'd fight all those Goon Swarm Titans, though? Because I, well, was but, like, I was reading, what was it, like 400, 700 Titans, something like that? Like, well, that was, that, fight that was a move up, though. There'll be less on any engagement, unless it's a really big one. But we have Killer B here from, he's an FC, for, block level FC for Northern Coalition. If he wants to chime in, maybe he can answer that kind of a question. And if he's just listening and lurking, I'll let him do that too. Uh, well, no, no, I'm here. All right. What's up, buddy? Um, so what's this about a Keepstar being anchored in KQK? Yes, there is a Keepstar anchored in KQK or it is anchoring at the moment. There's no plans to fight for it. It's pointless. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Killa. Like, who would fight that, man? That's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I won't be fighting it. Let's just put it that way. Obviously, I don't make the executive decisions for my alliance, uh, nor do I make any decisions for PL or Horde, but uh, as far as I can tell, there's no plans to contest it. Uh, can I just ask the ignorant question of why not? Because we can't win. Dude, 700 Titans. Yeah, 700 Titans doesn't matter. Like Jay said accordingly, you can't, it's definitely possible to kill it uh, if you feed enough into it, but it's not worth feeding 600, 700 bill worth of dreads to kill a 270 billion structure that goons probably have another one after they can just drop. 
And if we, if we keep fighting that battle, we'll just run out of dreads faster than they run out of keep stars, most likely. Makes no sense to fight over it. I think we've, like, I don't know, maybe it was because we have not had the real opportunity in terms of t on the TIS uh, level to our s voice our opinion on all of this. But, uh, mm -hmm. I, like, in terms of, like, internally, we've made it pretty clear that we have no illusions uh, of defending tribute to any extent. If it's, if goons want to burn it down, then that's their prerogative. We'll, uh, we'll have our fun in one way or another. Rather, they did. There was a lot of AFK VNIs for me to shoot there. So don't don't burn it down. So what you're saying is that it's uh, tribute is not going to be defended by NC, not against these kinds of numbers. Is that fair to say? Yes. All right. Well, simply, it's like a very simple numbers game, right? So. At the moment, we we see what they moved. We've seen what they are capable of forming. Two days ago, they formed up for a strat up at seventy thirty or something to bash or to kill our uh, our fort is our next tech seven. Which fun fact is probably one of the oldest forts in Eve. Uh, X tech seven fort was the first one that NC dropped. I think it was like one or two days. Or I don't know what the soonest possible mm. thing it was after the patch hit because obviously they had to be built first. But I remember that I think. HK dropped, or some wormhole group dropped the first fort ever, and then we we dropped one of the soonest ones somewhere in 0, zero in next tech 7 Well, back then I wasn't actually in NC, but NC did that at the time. Uh, and that was killed by goons on, I think it was Tuesday or something, I can't remember. And, you know, they, they formed, they admitted to make sure that we don't contest it, they admitted their titans uh, to Khorasan, and it was like 260-something titans that they admitted for, for that threat op. That alone, like 260 Titans or something, is is already more that, than we with NCDOT, for example, can form to begin with, right? So it's no point in... And that's just a casual, like, sort of casual strata form up. If we would, were to commit to a fight, obviously we all know how these things go with tie-dye, right? Like, it, it changes the game so much. Like, if we were to commit to a grid and say, okay, now we have more numbers than they do at this point in time. Like, let's say, Goons, you know, a couple, couple of weeks into the grind of Tribute, little bit of hubris kicks in people get bored because it's only structure grinds and all that stuff uh you know the tight numbers are likely going to go down a bit and then maybe one day we'll see we'll see you know goons they only made it 70 80 titans 90 titans whatever we can contest that and if we were to decide okay now we can drop this we go for the drop then tie dye kicks in stuff happens they ping for more people and if they ping hey we've got 90 nc titans bubble here those 90 titans from goons will turn into 200 like real quick and then more than that you know you know and so on so it's fine you know it's uh, like like some people said I actually i don't often disagree with dirk but uh, i have to disagree with him on this one because uh, there would there was a discussion in the ti's public channel earlier about what will be and i think this is pretty much like that what that was we had two major fights in during what will be right there was a one 2dw two mtech on and after that there were a couple more fights in in saranen when goons were in saranen and we tried to I don't know, Hellcamp them or some shit. Um, there were a couple of nice fights, and I'm expecting those kind of fights to be around still, but I'm not expecting any major brawls of any kind because simply we can't fight them. It's it's dumb. You know, and uh, that, that's fine. That's where the that's where the Reddit, Reddit narrative kicks in and all the, the you know, the, the line members, uh, they all start herfing on Reddit. Oh, look, Killerby said this and that, but if any Goon FC were in my shoes, they would do the exact same thing, so... It doesn't really matter.
Well, they they kind of they, they did do the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Like they they pretty much did the same. And what would be I don't like reminiscing and and you know stuff that happened three years ago because mm-hmm. props goons for you know turning what happened to them three years ago into this what they've turned into now. They've just played it right ever since. What would be basically they've uh, made the right moves and we've made some wrong moves on our part. We've left them alone for too long, mostly because people always said. Or we can just keep them contained down in Delft. That was like one of the main narratives that p- certain people within the northern leadership kept pushing. They said that we can just keep them contained down in Delft. And then Nine Tech Four happened, and Nine Tech Four we were like, oh look, yeah, we can still contain them down in Delft. Then the Hakonan deployment happened, and we also, you know, kind of squirmed that quite successfully. And they said, oh look, we can still keep them contained down in Delft. It's all good. And then last summer happened, and everybody was like, oh shit, we can't keep them contained down in Delft. And now, and ever since that, like last summer was a big like wake up call for a lot of the people within the Northern leadership where a lot of people that have really thought that we could keep them contained down in there for a very long time uh, have, have then realized, oh shit, we can't. And it was something that I tried pushing a lot. Like I kept trying to tell people we can't, you know, it's not going to work long term. Look at these numbers because the MER numbers started to be very impressive very, very early on. Right. And um, yeah, well. It's Seems fine. Like- we'll sit it out. I'm I'm having a good time. Like so far with this uh with this war, I've had like three or four fleets uh, that I've that I've let myself, uh, and most of them were really cool. It's just about so what we got to do now is we have to play it smart. We have to pick our fights uh, in the right way, right? So basically, go in there, kill a fleet or hurt a fleet, and then when the blob arrives, we fuck off, right? It's just, literally like that every time mm-hmm. and then our members will have a good time we'll make the best of it and we'll see what happens after right i think it'll be a stretch for goons to um defend everything from from delve Aquarius up to pure blind i think that will be quite the stretch for them to be able to pull that off so uh we'll see we'll see what we can uh, you know what kind of opportunities open up in the future so but it I seems to question for you Dylan, yeah go ahead just regarding containment and stuff so the Reddit herf blurf is, you know, pro god and test and everything. We're saying let's go into Delve, let's kill, you know, finish off goons. This is back in 2016. Why didn't you? And does that allude to like just FC burnout or whatever? FC and members. What people don't understand is like, oh, Kilo, why didn't you just go and finish them off? Because I played from March to July, August. I played for almost 12 hours a day, Eve Online. I did nothing. I didn't go to university. I barely ever went outside. I did nothing but play Eve for like four months. And at some point, it has to stop. And also, the members just didn't want to. Like in PL, and again, I wasn't a PL at the time. There was actually towards the end of what would be, there was a sort of a riot going on within PL where there was like, People just saying we don't want to do this anymore. Goons are done. Let's fuck. Or let's go. Let's go do some something else somewhere. And we don't want to, you know, camp them in Saranen anymore. So then we kind of left and went towards Vino. And then when Goons moved to Delve, uh, there was also people within the MBC leadership. Obviously, Progard. It was also some other people um, that said, you know, let's go. Let's follow them to Delve. Let's make sure we finish the job. We can't let them, you know, establish a foothold down there. But it was just a simple matter of. I proposed it to the rest of the PL leadership at the time. They were like, you, you look, at the, look at the members and what they want to do. You can't do it. They're, they're not going to do it. And I personally was pretty burned out myself. I mean, like I said, 12 hours a day of EVE stuff. Obviously, it's not all, you know, being logged into EVE. But everybody does that, that does anything on a higher level of EVE knows that playing EVE means a lot more than just logging in 
Uh, it's a lot yeah, of for, for typing, sure. Discord, blah, blah, blah. And it was just not a thing that uh, I could do anymore and anyone in PL wanted to do at the time. So, yeah, yeah that, that, makes 20, that makes perfect sense. 12 hours a day is just ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I agree totally with what Calibri's saying there. When it comes to wall time and like alliance leadership structure, it's we always say real life comes first, but during war time, <laughs> real life does tend to go on the back burner a little bit. And we are playing the game for like 12 hours a day, every day. Well, that's interesting. So the North was really just tired and didn't want to follow Del Dagoons to Delve or Imperium to Delve. That allowed them to build a small empire there that grew into a larger empire. And they did it in a smart way where they didn't get overextended, it looks like. Or at least they weren't attacked while they were there. I don't think there was Goons any... were the first alliance that really pushed... And I, I, it's fair to say that Delve was not... 100% at its limit yet. I mean, that's that's some will call it a game design flaw. That's something that's an entirely different discussion, right, whatever. Right. But they managed to utilize their region in a way that no other alliance ever has, and th that's very effective because technically they could get rid of Fountain if somebody were to really try and somehow manages to take Fountain and push it all. Like the the core of Delve is not going to be taken for a while, I think, and. Um, and that's really all they need because they can really do everything. Majority of their infrastructure, majority of their industry and everything is down in Delve. So as long as can they, they can hold that, they're pretty set. And also Delve is a great region for that because it's very condensed. It's a, it's a pretty nice region in that sense, sort of. Yeah, more defendable. Only one other place that you know has that, which is Drones. So. Okay, so we have the map up to show you KQK. It's in the middle of the... Uh, let me just uh, there. Uh, it's in the middle of the map here. I'll zoom in. And we expected the KKK drop uh, during the State of the Gunion, or like so we sooner. expected it the day before the State of the Gunion, so that it would come out on the State of the Gunion. We expected them to do it a bit earlier than mm. uh, they did, but it's just one week later, so whatever. Yeah. For those that don't know, this is a great map, and we're kind of partnered with uh, this guy who's a solo programmer. Uh, the map is created by uh, eveye.com. That's where you can find it. I don't know his name, or I don't know if I could tell you his real name, but he's uh, a programmer, does this all by himself. I think he's from Germany. Pretty cool map. Has uh, interesting stuff, and he's constantly developing it a little bit. It was here before. He turned it into an app, and now it's back online. It disappeared for a little while. So yeah, I'll link it for you. This is um, Eve I is all one word, and it's like an eyeball. Eve I. There you go. Thanks. Online is um, broken, so we're resorted to using this. Yeah, I w would prefer to use this. It's a lot more interesting looking, but it's just harder to use. Dotline is just really easy to use. And, you know, just to add on uh, to what Killer B just said, you know, I saw a lot of really interesting and great plays, you know, on the part of the North last night. I saw Snuffed Out with a Nightmare Fleet and, you know, they were, you know, kind of contesting this choke point and they were they were doing great stuff. And and just just as Killer B said, when they pinged, uh, you know, the goons pinged Max Form. Uh, then they just left. <laughs> so they did. Well, they did some, uh, not part of the fights. north. So I don't know. Yeah. 
you just said you said some great place in the part of the Norse, and that was not part oh, of the Norse. Well, oh well, I guess they were just well, they were just fighting the goons up there. Uh, Probably, you know, yeah. Pure blind, yeah. Mm, Snuff is hitting try stuff if he recalls, and that is Jay Amazingness uh, through type through chat there. There you go. He, so yeah, so they're just hitting stuff in pure blind, uh, which I guess try tried uh, evac most of their stuff. So I guess there's just uh, some stuff left there they're working on. I don't think try would stick around in pure blind at this point in time. That's unfortunate. Are you guys tracking anything? What's going on in Ethereum? Re what the fuck is that? I don't know. Probably not. Drone regions. It's like the entry drone regions through um, Hymatar or whatever. Yeah, through uh, Empire Space, Minmatar Space, uh, Heimatar. All we've done recently in Jones was kill four desires of uh, an alliance called Unspoken Alliance, which have arrested uh, us for a while now, or our renters, rather. So that's really all I know. Mm -hmm. But I haven't been involved in that too much because most of the shit's time for USDC, so it was mostly uh, our USDC guys leading the charge on that. I was focused. I did. A, I did a good fleet down into Delve the other day. We just kind of took some wormholes and reinforced some jump gates, you know, just to be a little bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, also, because obviously the supers are gone and they, uh, the goons have deployed or I don't know, moved back. I guess you could say, uh, Welp Squad and Space Violence, which are two six, uh, two one DQ, which are sort of in charge of uh, making sure the harassment is kept under control. Uh, we kind of played around with them for a bit. They uh, they formed up to, uh, you know, defend their, uh, well, like, I don't know, to kill us or something. And that's kind of what I've been doing, just doing stuff. You know, like I said, I think in this war, there will not be a lot of stuff happening on posted ops where everybody's like, oh, look, there's a timer here. This is going to be a massive problem. I don't think any of that will happen. I think it will be a lot of opportunity uh, content, opportunity strikes where we look at a certain form up from the Imperium and we say, okay, look, this form up is manageable. Let's go in there, do as much damage as we can before you know, the, the blob arrives and then, then leave before it does. I think that's where the majority of the content will come from uh, for, our, for, for our side anyways. And then uh, the Coons obviously have a lot of grinding to do. A um, bunch of Sotillos, keeps us and stuff to kill. So that will happen. And yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what we can do with the time we are given. Sounds very philosophical. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, maybe Slice or yeah. has moved in, right? To that oh, area. yeah, Slice moved to That's true. That They did, yeah. I think so. <laughs> when this whole Slice or Dragon drama happened, I was like, bro, I, I basically told Vince, I was like, dude, let's try to get Slice to merge into one corp and then join NC Dot. And he was like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. And then a day later... I don't know, Lady Scarlet or someone said something like, oh yeah, they're blue now, they're moving into ER. And I'm like, wait, that that's not merging into one corp and joining NC Dot. Because I hate this shit. Like every time some shitty, sorry Slice, uh, some shitty alliance falls apart, uh, for some reason we feel obligated to scoop them up and make them blue and put them under our wings. And then most of them, and again, most of them, I, I might be wrong on Slice, who knows, turn out to be complete dead weight that we just carry around with us. And it's just annoying me so much. Like, if they want to be part of us, then just drop your fucking alliance, join in one corp, and join NC proper, right? I, what we're doing, and this is why I hate it so much, like, it has proven to be wrong in the past. We are literally the CFC 2.0 at the moment, and it's annoying me so much, man. Every time, I, I and I just keep ha banging my head against the wall on this one. It's like, can we please stop allying with 
small alliances that offer no real value to us and can we just make them all merge and join us like this whole carrying these people around stuff is just so old I just I hate it so much. Ever like yeah. Well, imagine it's harder because communication and security and those kinds of no, issues become harder. Goes. It's literally just nobody cares about security anymore. I don't give a shit about how many spies lies have. Like just get them all in here. I don't care. For all I for all I care, we could do it like horde and just recruit everybody. I don't care anymore. Uh, yeah. What I'm, no no. What I'm saying is that they're that they're they kind of look horde, but test also work on the same thing. Is if you are a small group and you want to join them merge with us you know a lot of groups work on the same basis that if you are small you merge into us because we're bigger you know a lot of groups do operate like that so it's not just horde it's a large amount of variety of alliances operate by that same structure well Kilby, what i was trying to say was that it's it's hard to coordinate because you have different groups it's much oh, harder yeah. to coordinate because you have the security of their comms and all that kind of stuff and them coming to visit your comms, like it used to be. It was very hard to coordinate multiple groups. But if you the put them all- The main issue is, yeah. and it's very, again, very straightforward, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate again internally for saying this, but I don't care. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a thing of, if Slice is an individual alliance, they think that they can make their own decisions, right? It's just like with Try in, with try in Pure Blind. Like if... I told so I told Vince when Try moved into Pure Blind, they're basically not a real alliance anymore, at least in my opinion. Not not a real competitor in Zero Zero anyways. That's what I mean. You know, I told them why don't Try just all merge into a corp and join NC dot. And it, it, same thing, like I get it. Try is a super old alliance. Try has a lot of history. People want to like people. There's a core of people in Triumvirate that identify themselves with the name of Triumvirate and they want to stay. I get it. It's fine, you know. But if you want to be a uh, if you want to be a competitive part of zero zero, that's just not how the game works anymore. And it's the same thing with slice. Now they just don't want to merge because they want to be part of their alliance, but it's just not working. Coordinating with those people is so painful because they, they make their own decisions or they want to make their own decisions. And you have to go to them and be like, Hey, I think we should do it this way or that way. Instead of just going and saying, we're doing it this way. Cause you're in my alliance. I tell you what to do or you fuck off. Right. And that's, and that's just what I annoy, what's annoying me so much, which is why, I told them straight up when we when we moved Slice into ER, we told them to be their own alliance. I said, hey, guys, I'm out. You guys do with Slice whatever you want, but I'm not going to actively work with them because I can't be ours trying to communicate with people that just operate on an entirely different level than than we do. And uh, it's just so annoying. And like I said, it's it's been going on for a while, as you can obviously notice there's a lot of frustration that I've bottled up inside of me. So, but it, hap- it keeps happening, and I don't know why. <laughs> well, why has the Imperium been able to do it? And the North isn't able to do it. I mean, I they, NC is doing it, right? When I mean, we've grown three times the size that we were. Uh, but it seems like they're able to merge people in without... Or maybe they're just merging in people that want to be a part of something that's already successful. It's already moving in that direction. I don't know. Like, join, corpse joining is not a problem, right? It's not a, It's not an issue of corpse joining us. We've just recently had two corpse join us. We've had uh, we've had short, short bus join us, uh, I think tonight, and then we've had Holy Cookie join us last week. Holy Cookie is actually an alliance that is originally from Kadari Faction Warfare, uh, mostly German. They used to be with Salt Farmers, I think. Mm. And um, corpse joining is not the issue. The problem is when alliances that have been established in zero zero previously try to, if they you know go down the drain, if something happens like with Slice, 
they get kicked out of their coalition or they leave or whatever happened over there. And the same with Try. Try, who sort of just had a very, very bad couple of years and have sort of shrunken down to a small core of people. And um, that was a lot of issue because technically an alliance can't join another alliance. What it would have to do is take all the people that want to join NC, basically, mm-hmm. take them all into one corp, call it, call it something, I don't know, and then join, uh, join NC with that, right? And it would be the same thing with Slice. And that is the problem. Corps joining is fine. That, that happens quite often. We do recruit a bunch of corps. Uh, some of them are good. Some of them are not as good. Uh, most of the ones that aren't as good, then end up in test. So we have, you know, <laughs> we, we have that stuff going on, but uh, it's just the alliances that annoy me. All right. I'd like to welcome Jay Amazingness. He's an FC for the Imperium and he's now uh, here. I don't know if he can talk or not. Hello. Hey, you can. Good. Yeah. Hi. Hey, welcome, buddy. Um, so you guys just took, uh, it looks like uh, you're planting a Keepstar in KQK, which is really one jump out from OTAC-Y, where there's a Northern Coalition Keepstar. Is that your first target? I would imagine it'd be, yeah. It's the, the closest one, so logically it would make sense, but you never know with Ash. He does like to come out of left field sometimes. I actually wanted to ask you this, Jay, because um, I wasn't sure who was actually coordinating this, because Asher hasn't done many fleets himself lately, so is he coordinating this? Is he yeah, so not? he, like, after the the previous war in the north, we um he took a break, and uh, that's when we started up the US time zone Liberty Squad group. And uh, he wanted to, um you know, let, let them, you know, have some members and whatnot and do their own fleets and grow their FCs, because otherwise... If he, if he did his own Reavers fleets, then they'll take quite a few of the members away. So he's he's been around. He's been uh, just watching in the background. Okay. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's contacted, and maybe he's going to try to make Sunday's show. So we'll try to get maybe Killaby and well, all UFCs. We'll try to get you all on, so we can. The problem is with you guys is I don't know how much you can say, but. Depends what kind of questions you ask, man. Yeah. Like sometimes you ask really good questions, and sometimes you just ask like questions like nobody's going to answer this. Why you ask this question in the first place? Yeah. But it'll be fine. I would appreciate it if you, you know, like last. I didn't. I and it's nothing against your show. Obviously, I love you guys because I am here very often. But I know you don't usually watch the shows that I'm not part of because simply I just I don't know. I'm not much of a podcast listener myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was just told by people that last week's show was incredibly one-sided and there was a lot of complaints from my guys. And it's like, why yeah. is there only like Test and Sword and, and all these people? And it's like, okay, uh, it's interesting because usually you try to keep it very even. I can tell you, you how that happened. I'll tell you how that happened and then what what's funny about it. Um, what we decided was if we do a show where we get the FCs like Jay and Killer B that they won't be able to talk much about what's happening because nothing's really started yet, right? So then I thought, well, let's get just people who can analyze a big war and what goes into it. So we got Vili and we got Pando and uh, we picked up Dunk who does logistics sometimes from Brave. So that's legacy partially in Imperium. Um, but they're guys that can be pretty, I think they can be pretty open about it. But uh, Vili kind of came at the show with like, PL's getting what they deserve, <laughs> which is unexpected. Um, and then when I said, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Sort does, because he kind of caught in the middle, he turned out to be in the audience, and then he uh, came on. 
And at that point, he said the same thing. I didn't know what he was going to say. He said, yeah, PL's getting and NC's getting what they deserve because their FCs have been mean to our FCs. And so then it really was, uh, I don't have a counterweight. I didn't even have a lease there to kind of counter that narrative when usually he's around. Uh, but he had to be gone that day. So what we would do this week is actually just get the voices that are in this fight and talk and talk to them. So that's what happened. But the funny part about that is the week before, people were saying that I was way too pro-North. And people still say that in Discord chat, that I'm too pro-North. And uh, and they think that it's, uh, you know, the, the show's leaning North or something like that. So if that doesn't like... Uh, you know, if that's not a counterweight, I don't know what is. Uh, but it's I'm constantly getting, even from my own corporation, people saying, like, I had to shut off your show. It's too pro-Imperium. And then I hear from other people in the Imperium that it's too pro-North. So I must be doing you something right. Yeah. yeah, if it depends. You know what? I pay attention to who's complaining. That's that's what I pay attention to. I think because, it's the, uh, the yeah. BBC in the UK, they, uh, they have a metric for that sort of thing. It's like, if they get just enough complaints from everyone, then they know that. Mm. Yeah, so that's what, we'll, that's what we'll do. Next time, we'll actually, more important than what side we're taking, way more important is who we're talking to. Are we talking to the right people? And yesterday or last week, Sort Dragon was the right person to talk to, at least to cover that part of the story, right? And when we talk about Northern Coalition, we want someone like uh, Killer B because he's honest and he tells us stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, Asher too. It just depends on, on the people that we pick because these are the guys that are likely to tell you something you don't know already, tell the audience something that they don't already know. Uh, and that's what we're looking for constantly. But yeah, I'll admit the show uh, last week uh, turned out to be, and I'm not an effective counter, and I don't think that's my job anyway to to defend uh, Northern Coalition's uh, reputation or Pandemic Legion's reputation. I do try to like, here's here's the way I look at it. I'm gonna have a little more time here. We were talking about Game of Thrones the other day, and somebody said, oh. <laughs> sorry, I won't spoil this, but somebody said the Game of Thrones was interesting because it wasn't really the story of the characters. It was the story of the situation built by the mechanics of the world. And in the last season, it became more about the story of the characters. And it got a lot duller. It got a lot more basic. And I think that's... It got garbage. Yeah. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. And that's very interesting because that's the same thing with EVE Online. When Talking in Stations looks at EVE Online and we analyze it, we're not talking about people per se and their personal stories or even their personal opinions. We're looking at the situation that they're in and how they react. And we really focus on the apparatus of the game. So when we talk about the Imperium, we're talking about the Imperium as a structure, as a strategy, not as the pet or the group of uh, one person or another. And it's the same thing with all the stuff that we cover on EVE Online. It's about the it's about the collision of philosophies. There, commercial over. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing, like with with people, like uh, you know, like the, you you always have the obviously the the, the uh, subjective views from people when you when you ask them what do you think about the situation in North. Naturally, somebody like Willie will go, "Ha ha, fuck PL!" Finally, they're getting what they deserve, and so on, right? Like I, I don't know how that was unexpected. I respect well, Willie a lot. I think he's yeah. uh, 
but he's not he's not a very objective person in my opinion no he but can be if he wants to exactly. but if, if he's in the mood yeah but he like yeah. in a situation like this is a very very satisfying moment for a lot of people because prior to last year like every ever since after World War II, basically whole the whole of 2016 and all of 2017, PLNC, the North, whatever you want to call, it, we basically did whatever we wanted because there was nobody to really challenge us at the time. Nobody mm-hmm. did anyways, and then it all started like obviously late 2017 and 2018, and all you know went downhill as more and more alliances started catching up and on the power level, and um, and that's obviously a very very satisfying moment for a lot of people because they're like, oh man, finally you know the, the these bullies are getting you know, getting their uh, teeth kicked in. And that's fair. Like, I, I don't, like, shy away from admitting. Obviously, you know, all the people saying is like, oh, we don't give a shit, we're losing our space. No, it's not true. It sucks to lose the space that you've owned for, like, two or three years, right? It sucks. But it is something that we all accepted could happen at any point in time ever since last summer. Last summer was an honest attempt to see are we capable with the North, quote unquote, to defend ourselves from the Imperium? The answer at the end of it was no. So ever since last summer, we knew if goons decide to come back to finish the job, they can. And ever since then, personally, me at least, I've written the space off. And we've also ever since then stopped deploying new keep stars and all that kind of stuff because it was, uh, well, except that great attempt in HTEC 5, of course, because, um, you know, it was just a matter of when goons come back north, then they can burn everything down. There's nothing we can really do about it. So let's not, you know, try to fortify the space anymore because it's pointless, mm-hmm. uh, especially since you can't really defend Keepstars in a certain degree. The question that, that when you're in Laswa situation it becomes is how annoying can we make it for them? Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's what, that's what our goal is at the moment as well. Like, all we really want to do is get the best content for like me personally my goal is i want to get the best content possible for our members out of this somehow which is why i said i will try to pick my fights very smart obviously there was probably going to be a mistake at some point i would probably feed at least one fleet but there is you know there is a there is scenarios where you know let's say there's like three or four goon fleets the third goon fleet is a bit behind or they went one jump too far away from the from the main fleet of the goons, then I might be able to jump on that fleet, grab like 50, 60 kills, and then when the, the rest of the goon fleets arrive, I'll just warp off. You know, and people in local, they will spurk and be like, oh, NC dog, blah, blah, blah. But why the fuck would I stay? <laughs> you know, why would I stay with my 180-man fleet and fight 700 people? That's how we have to play this. There's no other way for us to do it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's hard. Like, you have to sell that to your members in a way that they don't think you just you know through the towel but it's also important to manage expectations and i don't want to you know i don't want to it's working i'm not i'm not calling him out in any way but i i would never do personally what mitani did during what will be where he said like every week there was a fire site and he said oh this is as far as they're gonna get they're not gonna take any more space then a week later another region was gone and instead of like trying to tell the narrative of we're gonna hold it now every time and then just fall back fall back and fall back why would we do that why would we lie to our members like that i would never do that i would just i, I was just straight up about it at our alliance meeting last week I mean, vince was pretty straight up about it you know it's uh it's not really our style but i understand that other alliances have different styles and you know obviously it's working great for them because they moved like 900 titans over the course of two days which is insane that's huge by the way Jay, do you have anything to add before I ask a question? No, no nothing to add. 
Let me ask, let me push back a little bit here. Uh, one of the Sort Dragon's criticisms was that FCs in NC were rude to his FCs. It was me. Yeah, it was me. Like, <laughs> you made me to Yeah, I was. Like, he, he, it was obviously, obviously, uh, he didn't. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't say the name. Respect to him for trying to keep. But it was me. Like, I basically shed on his FC every. Like, they were shit. Okay, I'm sorry, but they were. They're like GOTG's FCs at the time were fucking awful to work with. And the problem was that every day there was a timer, and I was. I, I would ask at the start of the day, "Hey, who am I going to coordinate with from GOTG for this timer?" And I would be linked the name of a guy that I've never heard of before, and I was like, "Cool, okay, a new guy." So then we started running the fleet and something would go wrong. They would lose half their fleet. They would lose all of their fleet. They would, you know, GOTG would feed basically. And I asked and I went to Sword and I was like, bro, this FC, he didn't really do that well. Can we please for important timers get experienced FCs? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it was just his first big fleet. So he did made some newbie mistakes. It happens. And it does. That's fine, you know. But for critical timers, you would think that at some point they would, you know, give me some experienced strategic FCs to work with. And it never happened. Like there was this. I remember we crashed the server because um, their their best EOTZFC at the time, their most experienced senior EOTZFC at the time, he he warped their entire battleship fleet into a bubble on a gate at like thirty. After I told him exactly not to do that, I like. We took a fight on an in-gate, and in, I think it was DO6, and I told him, "Look, there's 250 test bombers on the other side of this gate. They're in Goku's." Do not warp to this gate at zero. You will land in a bubble and you will be in perfect range for them to bomb you. And I told him, get an interceptor to warp, get you a warp and outside of the bubbles, like 70, 80 kilometers off the gate. So you had a good range. And he says, okay, on comms. 20 seconds later, his entire fleet lands on the edge of the bubble on top of the gate, 250 test Goku's decloak and bomb the entire fleet to shit. And the server died. That was something else. But... And that, that's literally what happened to me every day working with, with these FCs. And that's why I called them shit every day. Yes, I did. Like, it's fine. It's just what it was at the time. I'm, I'm sure they haven't proved over the last year. Uh, maybe I'm being too much of a bitch on this one. Maybe I give them less credit than they deserve. I can't remember. It's a year ago and a lot of shit has happened. But mm -hmm. from my perspective, when I think back to that war, it was just one. It was his first fleet incident after another. Basically, like I would work with a new FC every day, and every time they made their first big fleet mistake, and it was just one whelp after another. That's mm -hmm. what it felt like to me. Well, okay, so that's, but that seems to be something that eroded the relationship between Imperium and Darkness. And now it's something that I don't know if it would make a difference, but if, if enough of this happened, it would make a difference. In other words, if you alienate allies over and over again, either you being mean to their FCs or whatever else, isn't that part of the problem that you're facing now? No, because we tried. Like we we played ball. We were really friendly until last summer. We've had the entire, like every every ally possible we could gather over the over the course of two years. We we gobbled up. We tried to get close to us. We offered everybody space in the north. Come live with us and be allies. Blah blah. blah the north and we 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 rallied the north, and we lost. Right, like it's just. I've given up on the dream of keeping these allies to bunch up against the goons. As long as they don't join NC dot, unless unless they I have them or we have them under our full control, they're basically uh, useless to us. There's two exceptions to that, and that is PL and Horde. PL and Horde, are, and we've really had to work on our relationship over the last couple of months. But ever since the test deployment to Eugenen, 
things have just gone really well with Horde and with PL. Our coordination has worked and improved a lot. We have set up coalition comms. We've set up coalition fleets and all that kind of stuff. So it's working great now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Horde and, Horde and PL are definitely the exception there. But all these other allies we tried to keep around us so we could have some sort of counterweight to goons, it's just not working out. And, you know... I'm and in that regard, I'm kind of happy that X47 happened and last summer happened because now I have this. I can just whenever somebody brings up like, oh well, well if we don't offer them blue status, the goons will just scoop them up. And it's like, but why would we offer them blue status? Well, because otherwise they would just go and we we don't have enough numbers to fight the goons. And it's like poof, X47, by the way, you know. And it's for me, it's it's a great argument that I can bring up every time somebody puts some more debt weight on me. Because at the end of the day, I'm well, the guy that has to coordinate with these people because yeah, ex- I work on the daily ops, and it's just I don't want to do it anymore. Explain X forty seven. What do you mean by that as an answer? What do you mean? Like that you say X forty seven when they say we need more people, we need more allies. You say X forty seven. What's that mean? I don't really have the time to explain. I have to leave for work in like two oh. minutes. But it means <laughs> that, like I said last in the summer, we until last summer we gathered up as many allies as we could, and we still lost the the biggest super cap fight whatever it wasn't the biggest super cap fight in terms of losses but we had there was never more titans on grid than the were in x47 so, so you're saying it doesn't matter it's just not win yeah okay it doesn't because the coordination just doesn't work out i got my it. personal attitude towards these kind of people nowadays is either they join us or else like i just don't want to deal with you know the, all these people anymore it's just not what i want to do last question before you go Who's the intellectual leader of the North right now? Like among Horde, PL, and NC? Like who's in no charge? One. No one. No. I mean, I, probably it's either Vince or Gobbins, I would say. I feel like uh, Vince, Gobbins, and, and Headliner, they have a really good thing going at the moment where they coordinate on most of the decisions they make. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, it comes a bit down to experience and, I don't know, personal attitudes. But I feel like Vince and Headliner get along very well. Gobbins is doing really great. Like in my opinion, I, I've been getting along with Gobbins way better than I have in a long time. Sometimes he still makes some decisions where I just kind of go like, oh, whatever, it's Gobbins, you know, but it's fine. We're, we're getting along better. Uh, I don't think there's any one leader in the North at the moment. It's just a thing of headliner Gobbins and Vince. They decide everything together and then they make a call. Could you say they were a triumvirate? Triumvirate, yeah, dude. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should actually ask if we can just join everybody in the triumvirate because it would fit better. I don't know. Hmm. You see a situation where everybody merges into uh, Horde? Uh, I would have a hard. I, I don't think that will happen. The problem is, and again, NC dot is one of those alliances as well that would probably never merge into one corp and join another alliance because there's just way too many egos involved and way too many corp attitude, like. There's corps in this alliance that are so old that have literally existed ever since the service went live. And obviously for those corps, uh, you know, they can't imagine uh, leaving that corporation. It's just not going to happen. So I, I don't think uh, it will work. Let me, let me ask, ask this. Would that be bad for the game, though? Because that would mean another group would fall, another alliance would fall and merge and leave and go somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, uh, probably. But again, I have to really for work now. I just yeah. wanted to drop in. Uh, if you want me for Sunday, just let me know. I can hop on on Sunday, no problem. Probably. Yeah. I don't think I have anything. I hope not. Uh, we'll, I'll be free. We'll talk. I'll uh, I'll send you a message. Thanks for All coming cool. by. All right, yep. man. Thanks. Jay, amazingness. You still here? Did you take? Hi. So, this looks like it's going to go very well for you. 
but it depends on what you what you guys are trying to do. Are you going to finish the job that ended in 2018 and come back to the north and just take down as many keep stars and structures as you can? Is that the overall plan? Yeah, I think I think the uh, when we when we left the north after the last war, I think some of our members were a little bit um, a little bit upset that we didn't continue going uh, through the AU time zone slog of just keep star after keep star after keep star and Declan and Tribute. So we're going to keep going this time, just to see how far we can go. Um, we want to take down all the keep stars and Tribute as far as I know, but after that, who knows? Yeah, like what's after that? I guess you're going to destroy iHubs in an effort to take down keep stars and other structures that'll make them easier to be taken down or take take down. Um, but it doesn't look like you guys would have any interest in tearing up the soil, for instance, taking Sov, um, because I don't know what you would do with it. No, we that... we have no interest in installing anyone here. We don't have any, anyone to install. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. We're just going to sort the earth or whatever and then... And then yeah, just burn it down, set back uh, the North's ability to build. It's, it's a huge economical setback as well. Because, yeah. you know, these if they've got Athenors down, those are 56 days before they're useful again, even when they've been put down and they're, they're fracking. So yeah, it, it's a little bit of a... Well, and then you have the additional threat, right? Somebody made this great point. I wish I remembered who it was. That it's no long, It's not just that you take down their T2 rigged Athen... Or, uh, uh, what is it engineering complex it's that the next one they put up won't have very expensive t2 rigs on it so they'll be developing slower so it it's it stops what they're doing now and it makes them think twice about putting a bunch of money into the highest industrial pace in the future yeah it's one of those things where like after we left 6rcq we didn't take down the cube star and I, I don't know what's going to happen to the KQK cube store after we're done with it. We might leave it up, you know, um, but then we might come back in a year and we'll drop another one further on. And mm. so where, where, when does it stop that we st uh, stop dropping keep stars further and further into these spaces that we're leaving empty? Right. Cause you can get back, you can get right back up to it to defend it. And uh yeah, I guess it would depend on... Well, but they could reinforce it over and over again, and at some point you guys will get tired of coming up and down, right? Yeah. And it'll cost you a lot of fuel, so maybe that's the way they kind of burn you out. Well, that's the limitations of uh, logistics that uh, we were talking about earlier, is that there's fuel reality of fuel costs and stuff, and maybe you can absorb it for a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, I'm sure um, I'm sure some lucky people out there saw that when the, uh, we were going to to the state of the Goonian, so we were going to deploy. They probably bought up a lot of fuel and relisted it because uh, we went through a lot. We spent a lot of fuel. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to make some money if you're out there. As soon as uh, you see this many people moving, buy up fuel and then resell it for twice as much. But I'm sure you guys have amazing reserves. Uh, maybe I don't know. Sometimes I'm surprised at how the myth is bigger than the actuality. One of those things where we uh, we could say we've got all these things and we've really got nothing. We're just living hunter. <laughs> yeah. Paycheck to paycheck. Well, cool. So we'll go another 15 minutes, then i got to take off. Uh, if anybody has questions for Jay, 
Uh, he's, a, again, a block-level FC for the Imperium. They are invading the north. We just heard from Killa B. Um, go ahead and ask. Otherwise, I'm going to um, invite anybody who's in channel here to ask a question or to make a comment. Ron, you still with me? Yeah, I am. I just wanted to ask Jay if if he actually had an accurate number because you know our, our cocktail napkin math on the amount of fuel was like fifty two to fifty five billion. Uh, I was just wondering if you had a real number for us. Fifty two to fifty five bill. Um, we moved like seventy eighty k uh, seventy eighty million topes, and uh, we, we need to move some more. It's wow. probably about 50, 60 bill <laughs> per uh, from the okay. A lot I'm of times, a lot of supers. I, I like that weight, though. I like that counter, that counterweight to bringing everybody. So now maybe you say, okay, we don't need everybody. Let's bring half. Everybody just bring one time. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is, uh, is if we uh, choose to do something with, because we've got two fleets. We have an armor shield, fit, fleet and a shield fleet. If you choose to do something with the other fleet, then we have to spend more tokes in moving them around. And it's the uh, the armor fleet's actually the cheaper one to move because oh. it's um, mostly avatars and apostles. So um, helium's really cheap when when we when we live in Delve because it's the local ice. But importing uh, hydrogen tokes isn't fun because it's like you know thirteen hundred ISCA unit sometimes. Yeah. Okay, here's a question I'll share with you guys. This comes from uh, Joe, who had uh, Joe, Joe, yeah, uh, who had asked this earlier, and I wrote it down, and I was going to answer it. I just wanted to make sure we took advantage of the guests that we had. Uh, what are your thoughts on the bumping mechanic? What are your thoughts on Exumers uh, not having enough CPU and power grid to be fitted properly? So there's two different questions there. So um, what was it first, the bumping mechanic? Yeah. Yeah, the first one is, what do we think of the bumping mechanics? I'm, he's asking me because this is a CSM AMI, uh, AMA, sorry, AMA. Um, but I don't have any specific answers to questions like that in general because I'm not that kind of an advocate. Uh, it's Again, I've explained and will always explain that uh, if I were to make the CSM, my role would be uh, more to react to the kinds of things they're talking about as far as marketing, messaging, and development of the product. Uh, what kinds of audiences are they reaching? What kind of new players are they looking for? And how do they talk to the players who are already in game as well as the players who are out there that need to hear about um, EVE Online to get interested in it? Those are the kinds of things. Um, the bumping mechanic, I have an opinion on it. Sure, I'll share it. I'll share it. Um, but uh, let me open that up to other guys first. What do you guys think of the bumping mechanics as they are? And well, I'll just say this. There is... Um, Inside the literature of EVE Online, there is a physics, there is a physics model on how bumping works, and I think that was presented by um, Max, uh, the Space Pope, uh, Mac, uh, who basically did a whole paper on bumping mechanics, or he did a whole speech at EVE Vegas on bumping mechanics. So, so I guess realistically in sci-fi, it does exist that idea of two things bumping and bumping each other. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the bumping mechanic in the game and how it works. What do you guys think? Well, I know that if uh, a ship is repeatedly bumped and it's not killed, like there's a certain time you can petition that uh, to CCP for, you know, I, I don't know what category it falls under, harassment or something, but 
um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think there should be some ways to call 911 or something. Well, there was <laughs> supposed to be or something. <laughs> there was supposed to be a mechanic. It was announced, but never implemented. So it is not in the game. But they talked about, um, I think it was a two minute max timer that you could be bumped and then your ship would actually warp away. So if they could hold you for two minutes, um, if they could destroy you within two minutes, then they earned the kill, but they couldn't just bump you indefinitely for like 45 minutes or an hour that happens now. Are we, are we, are we talking about people bumping people off gates or small ships bumping Titans or? <laughs> it's mostly to do with um, like Macarials bumping freighters and high soak. Is what it's, um, uh, the, the, the easy solution to that is as they jump every, through. <laughs> every two minutes, you just, uh, you just bring in a suicide ship with a tackle and reset the timer. So, oh, I see. So the two minute thing wouldn't have worked. Well, it, it might have saved some people, but like for more prepared groups that like set up to really gank a target, then I don't think it would work. Oh, I see. But I, I'm not, I'm not. An expert well, that might be, gank. That might be why CCP never put it in the game, because it could be defeated, that mechanic. Uh, the bumping mechanic, I think, is... Uh, my own opinion of it is it's kind of an odd mechanic. I feel like it has some interesting gameplay that happens uh, when, for instance, in, in Nullsec, when you bump... Well, it used to be when you bump something uh, off of... Um, you know it's running for safety and you get in its way and you block it from getting into the the force field of the pause that was interesting gameplay you bump it off right like everybody rushes it uh so there is some interesting gameplay for it it's not a terrible mechanic in general it's just it's prone to abuse it's mostly abused uh in inside of situations that should be safe if you're trying to transport um goods using a freighter and you use a fast battleship to bump it off the gate and continually bump it off the gate, then you essentially paralyze a ship that is defenseless, that is carrying uh, valuable goods, and there is nothing that player can do about it on his own, on that particular character. Uh, he might be able to log in alts to help himself, or he might call for help for friends, but that's not something that the ship itself can do, so that is where it, it becomes a problem. I don't think it's an easy answer. Otherwise, it would have been answered a long time ago. Uh, but I, I do I do think that you can't just get rid of bumping. It would be interesting to see bumping have some kind of a damage to the ship that is bumping so that there is a degradation of... Um, what, like a shield hit or something like that or some yeah. kind of... Yeah, and I'm sure that could be, you know, it could be mitigated, but at least it's something that makes a little more sense where you take, you take some kind of... Uh, damage in some way or something like that something a little more science fiction if you're going to do ramming speed that's going to mean something to you as well as to what you're ramming uh the other question other part anybody else got anything on bumping uh if not oh the, i had a question about the the some of the fights last night but uh not bumping <laughs> okay and last thing was what do you think about exhumers not having the greater cpu they need in order to be fit properly um that is something that it's been a problem for years and years and years. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like it's not something that I, that is new. Um, and the, the skiff and the procure are very good, but the uh, the other two, the other four, even though aren't that good. Yeah, and I think there's a cost benefit analysis with with the mining ships. So which ones do you use because they're some are paper thin and um, whatever. 
all that is balancing, and that's something that is best done by people who use these ships all the time and have ideas on how to use them. And then you take that specific thing about that one ship, and then you extrapolate outside of that ship, what's the ship's role? How is that ship supposed to be fit into this universe? And if you open up Power Grid, or if you open up CPU, are you now creating an anomaly? In other words, a combat uh, skiff that you know you didn't have before, and you have this weird variation on how to use it. Sometimes that's interesting, but sometimes that's kind of silly. Uh, you have Rorkel ships being used as harpooning um, tackle for supers, right? And you can't destroy that tackle because that that Rorkel has an amazing tank, had an amazing tank, it got nerfed, but also has stasis, so it can't be hurt for seven minutes, and so. That's an impossible situation to escape from when a Oracle tackles you. That's not how the, sh the game is envisioned, the use of that. Uh, and that may be good or bad, but I think it's not necessarily good because uh, you have a giant industrial ship. It should be a giant industrial ship. It shouldn't be used as like a harpooning uh, ship. So that's how you approach those problems. Game designers are good for that sort of thing. Uh, and that's definitely a designer uh, question for a game designer, not necessarily for a CSM that's trying to influence the direction of the game. Well, go ahead, uh, Ron. Whatever you were going to say is fine. I'm going to go and look for more questions here. Yeah, so Jay, I just wanted to ask, and first off, you know, thanks for uh, speaking up in chat earlier. Um, so, you know, I saw Snuffed Out with a Nightmare Fleet, and they were, you know, like two jumps out. And I was wondering, you know, were they avoiding you? Was there any kind of conflict there? Or did you think that maybe Snuffed Out was working with the North? Because I, I got, you know, the imp uh, impression that, you know, snuffed out was like camping, like X Tac Seven ish, like that area. And I heard that they were like trying to boson some of your fleets as they were going around and doing their their stuff. Um, no, we haven't. Uh, we're on like somewhat friendly terms with snuff, so uh, they're doing their thing, hitting who they hit, and uh, we're doing all. Oh, okay. Oh, that's uh. Oh, that's really informative. Interesting. Thank you. Going back to the bumping thing, I saw something here. I don't know if it's what the person meant, but it wouldn't it be interesting if bumping actually took a module and that module couldn't be activated in high sec. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing. Um, an interesting way to kind of work around uh, keeping the bumping as an alternative in certain situations, but also turning it off for abuse inside of high sec. You know, like a ramming, a ramming uh, module that allows you to actually bump otherwise. But then the problem is you would fly through something and that just breaks immersion. So that's a problem too. Or maybe if you bump, you don't affect the thing that you're bumping. You bump off it, but you don't affect the thing that it's, that it's bumping. I don't know. All this is pie in the sky. It depends on how much uh, programming it takes too, right? They may not want to dedicate six months of four or five programmers working on a thing to get it right when it's such a little thing that uh, only a small section of people are hurt by. Okay, what do you uh, what do you do to fix Citadel spam? Just limit the number of Citadels in a system or some mechanic which makes them hard to put up like unused low power Citadels lose ownership after a while. Those are all interesting things. 
do you got any of you guys have thoughts on that? If not, I'll take the question. Send out cleanup crews. That's what you do, right? <laughs> Clear up the space. Yeah, exactly. That's what we did for, for months in high sec. And um, now we're in Winterco. So, um, yeah, clear up space. Just get rid of the rubbish. You know, it's, it's you know, there's, there's ways that you can go about it. But I think we, we prefer shooting stuff. Yeah, and you're not the first group to do that. There's a group that goes around just destroying structures that are in low power. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's assumed that there won't be a defense, so it's you know something that a few guys could do, especially now with Lashex. Uh, those are the abyssal um, or the yeah. precursor battleships. Those things take down structures a little bit easier than a. You don't you need less guys to do it, which is easier. Um, but what about that? The Citadel spam, and I've seen other games that are sandboxes, and that is an inevitable byproduct of letting people have their slice of the pie. So if you want to have a home. Mm -hmm in EVE Online, you can do it. And that's a very powerful incentive for people to put up their yeah. little, little space to do put their little inventory to put their little operations in. Um, but when that becomes an eyesore to players who aren't living in your home or can't park in your home, it's just on their visuals constantly. How do you deal with that? Um, I think that CCP actually envisioned, I, I asked CCP Null Arbor about this and he said, yeah, this is what we envision. We want, because I asked him about this, all these, you know, what are you looking for with these citadels? Are they going to litter the systems? And he said, yeah, and that's what we want. We want you in high sec to feel like you're in the city by seeing hundreds of structures, not necessarily citadels. And so that was part of the game plan. And so to to help people clear them out, because it was very difficult to clear them out before, CCP nerfed them and put them in low power mode, which makes them easier to clear out. Now it's up to the players to kind of clear up areas that they feel are too yeah, congested. Definitely. Um, especially going on that is a lot of high set groups that are setting up structures, they have background backing from other groups, okay, that allow their structures to be in high sec. Mm -hmm. And if you are a crew like what I've done in the past over the last two months where we formed with Horde, we formed with groups um, to go to Piak and basically clear out structures. You then find that these groups are connected to these groups and these are part of their business and Pirate and Marmite at the time. Um, you know, you find a lot more structures that you're clearing out. You know, you're taking away another alliance's income. So mm. a lot of us are, going in clearing up this space you know but you know it is a long-winded process because alliances are connected to other alliances and it becomes a whole you know two-month three-month war of high sec which is just aids right you know a great person to talk to about uh, citadel spam would be dunk dinkle uh, I know Brave down in Catch is is dealing with a couple of systems, I think, that have over 100 citadels in them. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Dunk Dinkle, he is in Eve Down Under, which we are preparing to watch the stream this weekend. It's Eve Down Under. There'll be uh, announcements there about the game and its development path, um, as well as uh, other stuff that they're going to do. It's kind of a variety of things. So check it out. That's happening this weekend. Um, tonight is uh, Talking in Stations with Artemis and 
Ron and Silver. Do you guys have a topic picked out yet? I actually don't know. Artemis likes to uh, surprise us with his, uh, you know, great work that he does and uh, very interesting topics. So hmm. I kind of like uh, the surprise. I think it's fun. Yeah. want to thank Jay Amazingness for stopping by. He had to take off. Kill a beat earlier. Had to take off. Thank you guys for coming on, making the show super interesting, telling us what's going on in this big war in the North. Um, okay, so we don't know what the topic is, but Talking in Stations is later on tonight. That should be in about um, nine hours from now. So look for that on this station. All right, I guess it's time to wrap it up. I think I'm going to publish this one on the uh, podcast because I think there was a lot of good information put out today. So thank you guys for watching. We got up to like 200 people watching live unusual uh, for these chill sessions actually it's not that unusual anymore we get 150 200 but we want to thank oh. Suetonia. Suetonia is the one that brought in a bunch of people early on uh for co uh, for for hosting us on his stream go ahead Ron. Oh, and uh Madderall, i don't know if chat knows or not but maverick jeffrey is an alliance exec with winterco and uh he might have wanted to say something about uh the war in the south i don't know if you wanted to or not but we, before we, we, we can cover up, it another time <laughs> okay okay uh, i mean it's just content and it's just farming kills and some really good fights going on in the south at the moment which is really good excellent yeah. dude so, i've so heard great i've heard it's ramped up it, it, it is a lot of eagle fleets a lot of content you know villies fleets EU time zone, you know, we we formed a massive fleet against Test, and we've we've been pulling some serious numbers out. So mm. it's been content creation, and yeah, it's really There's something interesting going on in winter. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something interesting going on there. Seems like a, a lot of momentum's going. Uh, it just it's interesting to see them not only survive, but they're starting to thrive. It seems like they're starting to thrive. I'm I'm on the outside. I don't know. Okay, I want to thank everybody. Um, let me ask. Let me answer this one last question. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to release this version on the podcast. I want to do more of these. Uh, they won't have any editing. I'm just going to uh, just fix the volumes and take out the long silences, although we don't really allow long silences, right? We just talk right over them and then put it out and publish it. I want to get more of these out there so that people can listen. I'm just afraid that we may inundate the stream with too many two-hour shows. If you have a two-hour show every day, you're not going to listen to the shows. Uh, so uh, we want to keep the prepared material front and center and then supplement if we, want, if we can with some of these shows. That's, that's kind of how that works. Ron, thanks for joining me. Maverick, Jeffrey, uh, you too. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Prometheus, who was thank here earlier. Much. Love having you guys on. You guys are always welcome to ask your questions live or ask them in chat or just hang around and lurk. Either way, it's all fine. This, is the, uh, this has been a Matter All Chill stream and Ask Me Anything CSM event. And we'll have another one on Tuesday. But stay tuned later tonight for Talking in Stations in the middle of the week. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>